welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Jeff Griffin. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, stories of inspiring achievements and community contribution. Every week, we will celebrate an award program category winner or finalist. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know that Australia is in good hands. Together with our corporate partners and not-for-profit partners, Awards Australia showcase ordinary people from right across Australia doing extraordinary things. If you enjoy hearing the stories of our inspirational Australians, please subscribe, rate us and review us. We'd really appreciate it. Our Inspirational Australian podcast guest today has spent more than 25 years of his life in human resource management roles. He later saw the need and established MyCare Solution to provide comprehensive in-home aged care and support for older people. For their significant contribution to the well-being of older South Australians, MyCare Solution was chosen as a finalist in the Office for Ageing Well Tackling Ageism Well Award, part of the 2021 South Australian Community Achievement Awards. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thank you, Jeff. Nice to be here. Mate, I'm super excited to talk with you today to learn a little bit more about your career, which is quite extensive, and, of course, My Care Solutions. Can you tell us uh, about some of the organisations that you work uh, with during your HR career? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think in terms of shaping my career, I spent um, around about 17 years with Hilton Hotels, uh, initially in the food and beverage and management areas, and then moved across into training, and then eventually found myself in human resources and um, working over in the States and then back in um, Sydney, and then the opportunity came across to South Australia with Hilton. So that was certainly in terms of shaping my beliefs around what good service looks like, um, still sits with me today. I then spent um, quite a bit of time in strategic HR areas with Telstra and enormously um, rewarding experience, but also pretty difficult in terms of I joined the organisation when they were downsizing. So um, when I started at Hilton, there was 72,000. When I left, there was 37,000. So massive downsizing, which, um, you know, someone has to do, but um, I found it to be quite a challenge um, in terms of that kind of work. So I think I was the only person that ever left Telstra without a package, but decided that um, um, it was um, taking a little bit too much of a toll on me, that kind of work, and I need to sit back and have a good think about what I'd like to do with the rest of my life. So I had a bit of a sabbatical for, for six months. Um, and obviously, my wife is a palliative care nurse. I had a background, obviously, in training. And we looked around and thought, what would be uh, an area that would be um, fulfilling? Um, and we happened across aged care. Um, so that was when we decided, let's let's do that. Yeah, well, I guess with your the work that your wife does, I'm sure you had an empathy and an appreciation for the needs of older South Australians at that time. And if you can handle downsizing in a big organisation and the role that you're in, I guess you can pretty much be prepared for anything. 
Yeah, look, as I said, um, you know, Telstra do it exceptionally well and they're tough decisions that need to be made. But um, yeah, when you're closing down whole regional call centres and things, it really does take a personal toll on you. And um, yeah, obviously just a great opportunity at that stage in my life to say, what would I like to do? And uh, yeah, there's no doubt that uh, aged care um, has been a, such a fulfilling direction for me to head in, in terms of the immediacy of the response you get from clients when you when you get to make a difference in their lives. It's such an important thing these days, aged care. It's been in the spotlight, as we know. But to give people the opportunity to live in their own homes longer than otherwise they may be able to do is really important. And so it's gratifying for the person, but also, I'm sure, for my care solutions. Indeed. So, Mark, you, um, your wife's in palliative care. You have a history in HR, H, HR. So My Care Solution particularly, how did the name come about and why to specifically what you do? So I'm the executive director of My Care Solution and yeah, we engaged a company to help us develop um, a brand that we were comfortable with and we spent a lot of time on values and what's important to us as a family. Um, my daughter is also the chief operating officer of the business now. So as we've continued to grow, um, you know, those family values that we hold tight in terms of humour, uh, in terms of responsiveness, a lot of it was, was driven from my time with Hilton Hotels and what I saw in aged care was um, a a lot of benevolence and a lot of charity, but that sort of left a fairly uneven um, playing field. And, and I didn't want clients feeling grateful. I want them to be in charge of their own destiny and their own care and for us to be a service provider. And I think um, there are some of the changes that some of our larger faith-based and not-for-profit organisations are starting to struggle with now, where they come from historically from a place of, um, of goodwill, um, but people are looking more for um, a service experience that's memorable um, and and yeah, absolutely. Just going back, of course, our awards night was held at the Hilton Adelaide. Did you mm -hmm. work at the Hilton Adelaide at all? <laughs> I certainly did, um, and, right. and I was actually um, a judge on the previous iteration some 20-something years ago. So uh, interesting, when I was at the Sydney Hilton, I introduced traineeships for uh, coming out of Year 12, um, and it had tremendous success in terms of shaping young people, and many have gone on to, to great roles. So, um, you know, the opportunity for aged care was to look at also how do we properly skill people. It's fine that um, people are well-intentioned, but that's not enough. We need to make sure that we wrap a whole lot of skills around them, around the areas that are important to us, which is really around dementia care. Um, we do a lot of work around end-of-life care. So having um, uh, caregivers in that area that are comfortable um, and, and thrive in those environments has been you know, the, the real joy for us. So when did My Care Solutions start? Officially, we, we commenced in, in January 2017. So um, we've been working pretty hard in the last sort of four and a bit years now to, to, to grow the business. And how many people have you supported in aged care or um, in home care? Look, over that period of time, um, around about 15,000 South Australians we've had the opportunity to assist um, to maintain their independence. So um, we hit the ground running and we've been busy ever since. Sounds like a pretty rapid growth. It has been. And what geographic spread do you have? What areas uh, do you cover? 
Yeah, um, so at the moment, we're, we cover um, obviously all of the metropolitan area um, up as far as Gawler in, in northern Adelaide. Um, we cover the Adelaide Hills all the way down the Flurio Peninsula around Victor Harbour and those sorts of areas. So um, and we have an office sort of midway between those two at Morford Vale. So we're seeing a lot of people moving down the south side of, of um, Adelaide. So we needed to get um, an office in there to make sure we're um, you know, people see who we are and what we do. Fantastic. So what are some of the services that you specifically provide, Mark? Yeah, look, it really is um, moulded around each individual. Um, there are some common services that we provide, certainly around personal care and making sure uh, people are up and meeting the day correctly. Um, if I can, you know, one of the reasons people end up in residential care is either medication mismanagement um, or frailty through, through not eating properly. So they're two key areas for us in terms of particularly people that might have some cognitive issues is to make sure that routines and patterns stay in place. Um, we do a lot of respite work, so getting people out of their house and getting them in the um, out in the community we're obviously pulling back on that a little bit at the moment um, but you know what we often find is there's a lot of social isolation out there so we've started a community club down in Victor Harbour there um, to bring people in so that um, you know, a nice common place a relaxing place where people can come in and have a chat um, so they're the sort of range of services all the way through. Um, obviously, we do a lot of transportation to medical and social appointments, those sorts of things. But um, And obviously, people's gardens still need to be maintained, all of those sorts of things. So it really is um, us having a, a whole raft of services and, and products that might be allied health to get people exercising again, um, all of those sorts of services. So generally, we sit down with um, our new clients and spend about two hours putting a care plan together that really encapsulates what their goals are, um, what their deficits are at the moment, what the areas they'd like to work on. We then put a meaningful care plan together um, that guides our caregivers and ourselves in terms of what people like, what people don't like, um, and, and you know, making sure that we put people in place that are a good social fit is also a, a very critical part of what we do. Sounds pretty comprehensive. That's the a whole idea is the one-stop shop that people don't need to go around. You know, let us do the running around for you. We've vetted electricians and carpenters and those sorts of things to make sure that, you know, police clearances are in place and insurances. Um, there are some, some dodgy people out there at the moment who see older Australians as, as some low-hanging fruit and, you know, people getting their roofs re-roofed when they're 97 years of age or, you know, paving done that's not required. So we certainly take our advocacy role uh, and guardian role very carefully in making sure that um, you know, we keep our clients away from people who uh, might not have their best interests in heart. Well, that would be very comforting to know for family members as well as the individuals that you care for. Look, absolutely. And, and look, if we look at the decision making today, you know, probably 90% of the decisions are driven by the eldest daughter in the family. Um, you know, obviously, they, um, you know, talk to the other ones, but they'll make the decisions. That's starting to change now as more baby boomers come into the system who are, you know, very comfortable with, with making decisions with regards to services. But our older demographic at the moment, we call the silent Australians who are just thankful for what they get, um, don't complain very much. Um, and that can sometimes lead to you know, suboptimal services not being called out. So um, yeah, we absolutely encourage our clients, if we can do it better, we want to hear about it. How many times do your staff get ambushed by you know, the, the well-wishing uh, eldest daughter or another uh, uh, child 
of the person you're caring for with questions. Yeah, look, that's a challenge. There's no doubt. Sometimes <laughs> looking after the client is the is the least issue that we have, and um, you know there are some complex relationships out there. And um, I've found there aren't many Brady bunches. That um, <laughs> it's it's what level of dysfunction is in your family is probably a, a better question. But yeah, they're, they're stakeholders, and yeah, we have to work with all members of the family and the communication. You know, we're often you'll see from our logo, it really is about filling in the gaps for people. And some people have enormous gaps where they don't have family support. Others have very large families that are looking for specific times and specific days where we can fit in and, and help them to uh, help their parents maintain their independence. So this would be the role reversal of the mother of the bride for a wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. And, and and quite often when they were mothered heavily as a child, they tend to reverse those roles and uh, it never goes down well. Yeah. Look, that would be, you know, it hadn't been something I'd considered, but certainly would be uh, problematic, I guess, for your staff. It's lucky you're in. You have this HR experience, Mark, to help you Look, start it is a you. people business. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> and there's always a solution. Um, you know, Huey that works at the front of the Hilton will say that, um, you know, everything is possible, the impossible, you need to give me 20 minutes and see what we can do. Um, there's always a way around something. Yeah, one of the other dramas, I suppose, and we it's not a drama for us, but um, uh, it would be a similar situation in that a lot of people that your staff deal with would be lonely. They come into the home and how do you most lovingly try to cut short their life story again and again and again to actually provide the services that would take clients and talent. And that's the balance. And that's the balance is why don't you pull a chair up while I'm doing the dishes or why don't you grab a tea towel and you can wash the other side. So directing sometimes those conversations are, are, are very important because the task still does need to be completed, but that companionship we would, you know, I would rather good companionship than a bit of dust sitting over the side there. We'll get to it eventually, but, you know, connecting with individuals that are lonely is a pretty important part of what we do. There'll be such a myriad of little things that we wouldn't com uh, contemplate or even consider that your you and your team would have to face on a day-to-day -day basis. So all power to you. Thank you. How many staff do you actually have, Mark, in your team? Uh, we're running just under 200 at the moment. Wow. Um, and and um, the challenge for us is finding great people at the moment. Um, it is a real critical workforce shortage. And I, I know we're not the only industry, um, but we are absolutely being challenged at the moment. You know, we've had people that have been waiting two years to get a government funded package and, you know, they're landing in some areas where there's just not enough staff. And um, you know, I won't take someone on if we don't have the resources to be able to, to do our job properly. So there's some areas down south at the moment, we're offering scholarships, we're doing all different types of things to attract uh, people into our industry yeah that's fantastic it, it is growing exponentially and, and i think you nailed it uh, there are probably people out there organizations who are looking for the quick buck and trying to do too much and not doing it well enough and it's gratifying and wonderful to hear that you won't extend services if you're not able to provide them in the most appropriate caring way that's good Good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of providers out there that outsource to a third party. And, um, again, my old Hilton belief is that if I don't know the caregiver and the client doesn't know the caregiver, then that's not a very good starting point for quality. Um, you know, so we only use our own staff. Yeah, we'll use a few gardeners and things for outside of that, but we will only use our own staff. I don't believe in, in, in outsourcing this intimate level of work. Yeah, oh, that's uh, wonderful to hear. 
my care solution would have changed as that number of staff in, uh, increased. So what, what is it more involved now? So very much about strategy and direction. Um, you know, if you had have asked me three years ago, I was answering the phone at two o'clock in the morning and again at seven. So you know, it is a 24-7 business and, and you know, people's care needs don't stop because it's the weekend. So um, you know, as we've grown, um, you know, I've brought a CEO in, I've brought my daughter in as the chief operating officer. We have out-of-hours coordinators and things now. So the day-to-day, um, I still keep a very close eye on and, you know, certainly read most emails that come across our business, but it is really about setting the direction for our business um, and being involved in initiatives such as mature age employment um, and and really uh, being an advocate out in the community for that. Fantastic. I guess, uh, like everything, we have to evolve. Did you, were you affected at all by COVID in terms of your staffing and that type of stuff as well? Look, initially, when when it first hit, um, you know, it was very much the unknown. So we probably in the first week dropped 40% of business where, you know, start, you know, other people had been thrown out of work, so they were home with their parents and said, we won't need services. Other people that were just frightened and said, look, I want to cancel things. Um, you know, I think what really came through is the importance of our role is that, you know, after one week, people were ringing back up and going, look, I'm not coping. I need you to come back in. Um, you know, we obviously had all the appropriate PPE on, um, et cetera. So there was that initial bump. Um, but after that, People have gotten used to the fact that, you know, we do take our responsibilities very seriously in terms of making sure that we don't um, pass on uh, diseases to individuals. Um, So we take a lot of precautions going in. So, as I say, an initial drop, um, but that picked back up very, very quickly. Yeah, fantastic. And you mentioned mature age employment just a few moments ago. I believe you delivered the state's first mature age traineeship program for the aged care industry. Can you tell us about it and why you focused on employment for older Australians? Yeah, um, look, we've always been a, a, an employer of mature um, folks in uh, in South Australia. A couple of reasons, I think, certainly compatibility. The average age of our client is about 87. Um, we have many clients in their 90s and a, and a couple in their hundreds. So the idea of you know commonality of interests, music, all different types of things sways itself and makes it easier for someone that's a bit more mature um, to build that relationship. I, you know, and the, the second part of that is you know people who are mature. Have often looked after their own parents themselves and you know, have been around the block a few times. And I think that empathy, you know, but there will go I in the next few years. So people look at it with a very different lens. So um, you know, we tend to stick away from you know, heavy household cleaning and things. So, you know, I don't want to you know, have people exhausted by the end of the day. And we do a lot of work with helping people with um, you know, dementia and palliative care and, and really supportive environments. So what we found, um, though, is that those numbers were drying up. You know, 12 months ago, I was advertising and I would get 25 applicants. Um, three months ago, I got two applicants for the oh. same ad in seek. So to me, we needed to get further up the front of the bus. And again, going back to my old Hilton days, I'm a very firm believer in earning uh, while you're learning. So the idea of mixing theory and practicals together over a 12-month period, I think, builds that level of competence and expertise. And once we get those levels of competence and expertise, that's where we build trust with our clients. And once we get 
you know, the same team, the same people going in, you get past the platitudes and you really get to know the individual and perhaps, you know, they'll tell my caregivers things that they won't even tell their GP. Um, you know, and that could be things to do with continence where they're too embarrassed to tell their male GP that, um, you know, they haven't been out for the last two weeks and it's because, you know, they mightn't trust their bladder. Um, you know, if we know those sort of things by building a relationship, then we can get resources in place for that individual and help them re-engage in, in, in their life. So um, I've always been a fan of mature employees, but we just need to get closer to the front of the bus and be very involved in selecting up front, working with a training provider to train what we need trained um, and to be flexible with working with people that are mature. So making sure you know, technology was a big thing with mature employees, making sure that we had coaches and support in place that you know, an app is not a, um, you know, a dirty word. Once you learn how they operate, um, it, it opens up a world of information that you're able to read about a client before you walk in the door. So um, you know, it's a matter of why. Why do we do this? Here's the reason why. And I think once mature people understand i can see the purpose of why we do this then they come along for the ride very easily yeah fantastic has the uh, mature age programs or traineeships been really successful and how many people would you have put through that actually have ended up in employment with you so we're just in, um, uh, advertising for our second round now. Our first round finished in September um, of, of this year. Um, we started with 12 trainees um, and we finished with 12. Um, we hired 12 um, at the end of the traineeship. Unfortunately, one moved to Queensland and is working as a caregiver up there, which is great. Um, and you know, we have to understand when you venture into training, you're sometimes training for the industry. Um, make sure they're good ambassadors for you if they do go and work in other places. But as I said, the retention was was exceptional. You know, most traineeship programs in Australia would have dropouts in the 40 to 50% mark. Um, to have no dropouts at all was you know, a, a great return on investment. You think it's made a difference for your mature aged clients? No doubt. As I said, I think that compatibility um, is, is a huge factor there, but also you know, building people's competence during that 12 months is really um, you know, lets our clients know that we value maturity, um, that we, you know, we've pulled a number of people that have worked in retail, those sorts of areas where they had great customer service skills. So they're able to communicate exquisitely. So it's just a matter of that training around personal care and understanding dementia and how you interact with someone with dementia. Building that expertise is what I guess makes the the family comfortable when they see someone who who owns their role and is very comfortable in it. Yeah, and I believe your service model was shortlisted in the AFR, the Most Innovative Companies Award. That must have been exciting. Look, it really was, and I think it, it really shows that innovation doesn't just mean coming up with new ideas. It can often mean you know, my background in Hilton, looking at what great service looks like, what the service experience, um, yeah, we call it our moments of truth. Yeah, and um, yeah, from a client's perspective, I'm the least important person in this organisation, the caregiver, and that last three feet and getting that interaction right um, is critical. And uh, all those learnings are from my old Hilton days that um, and people go, well, that's very innovative. And you go, well, it is for aged services. Um, but a lot of people think um, of aged care, again, from that um, benevolent point of view, rather than you know, doing excellent service um, execution and making sure people are delighted with what you do. Yeah. I just want to pause for a moment to mention our new membership program. This is a really exciting opportunity for individuals and businesses to show their support and appreciation 
for our wards programs and our community members who are really making a big difference for others by purchasing an annual $50 membership. All contributions go towards prize grants that will assist our award winners to continue helping others. At only around 14 cents per day, the benefits are huge. Why not check out our member benefits at awardsaustralia.com forward slash shop. And one of the benefits is a shout out on the podcast. This week, we have two new members. Both are from Tassie and are both young women. Go, go the girls. Firstly, Eamon Jeffrey, who was a winner in the 2021 Community Achievement Awards for a work with the Monocultural Council of Tasmania, Pakistani Cultural Society of Tasmania and Shia Association of Al-Ibayats Tasmania. And also we have Madeline Wells, who was a finalist in the 2020 Tasmanian Young Achiever Awards. Madeline spoke at the UN Forum for Youth was selected for the Youth Task Force and was a Young Leader for Women Deliver program. Their website links will be on the show notes on our website. Now, back to you, Mark. There must have been a real thrill and such a validation of your hard work also to have been chosen as a finalist in the uh, this year's, or the 2021, Office for Ageing, Well-Tackling Ageism Award too. It was, and you know, I think they had around twenty-four applicants. So to get down to the final three was was an absolute um, delight for us, and more importantly, to be able to shine a light on the value of mature employees. Um, but absolutely blown away by just the grassroots quality of people that attended the night um, from a whole range of, of different areas there that are really just you know don't get a lot of advertising, you don't hear a lot about it, but are just going around and making enormous difference in our community. So uh, yeah, very. Very um, fun night, um, a great celebration, and uh, and again, from from our perspective, we didn't win the night, but the, the gentleman who did um, was exceptional, and the work that he's doing in his own community, um, you, you take your hat off to. It's not a competitive night at all. It really is just delighted to be here. If we won, it would have been great, but um, just delighted to be in the final three. Well, a quick add, you can nominate again next year. In fact, we encourage our semi-finalists and nominees to go again if you've made it to that level. We're obviously doing something right. So, uh, yeah, certainly we encourage anybody who's listening that can think of someone that could and should be nominated, someone doing something uh, terrific across a broad range of industry areas, then look at our website, awardsaustralia.com, and both of our events are held at the Hilton Adelaide. In fact, I'm going to let them know they need to... uh, put some uh, money into this award because you've been there. <laughs> uh, they've been mentioned 400 times, but I do love the Hilton Adelaide. I've been going there since 1988 with our award programs and absolutely love it. So uh, and I think they do a terrific job as well. They're a great example of not having to advertise much. Just do a great job and let your clients speak on your behalf. Um, you know, I think we've got one bridge club in Adelaide that we've got six clients from. They talk amongst themselves. So as much as we spend on Google AdWords and all of those uh, marketing, um, at the end of the day, if people are delighted with what you do, they're going to tell people. And similarly, if they're not happy with what you do, they'll also uh, be out there talking as well. Certainly, and they probably do that even more. So, in very, very uh, much so. <laughs> you're getting good business, you're obviously doing something right. 
What inspired you at the Community Achievement Awards? Was there something from that night that will stick in your memory? And, and I know you've mentioned a few things already, but was there something that stood out as being uh, quite inspiring for the night? Yeah, look, I just think it was the diversity of, of people and organisations and groups from, you know, regional Australia that, again, I just hadn't heard of. And some of the things that they're doing around community transport that's pure, you know, purely being driven by volunteerism. And as we all know, everyone's struggling to find a volunteer at the moment. Everyone's busy. But because the cause is so good, um, I found that, uh, and the joy of, of that group that were there for, you know, nothing to do with money. It was all about, you know, the difference they make in people's lives. So that was really reaffirming for me. And it was just a, a great positive night. Yeah, it is. It's a real thrill for us to be a part of something like yourself, to be able to make a difference in people's lives is a privilege for that, uh, for, for yourself and your wife, your daughter, and of course all of your team to be a part of something special uh, really is very, very important. And like all of us, you must feel the daily pressure build up from time to time. What you do is very intense, it's very responsible, you've got such a lot of staff. How do you stay motivated and recharge? The motivation's easy. Um, you know, the, the feedback that we have from our coordinators, the back, you know, telling us what's going well and what we can improve in. The, this idea of continuous improvement drives me, again, back from, I'll mention it for the 18th time, you know, the, the Hilton Hotel and the idea of continuous improvement. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated if we look at Toyota in Japan who says that we don't want to be a 1,000% better at anything. We'd like to be 1% better at a 1,000 different things. And, you know, getting employee involvement just to push things along every day and make us a better version of ourselves. Um, that's what drives me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Wednesdays off now, which was a deliberate um, uh, for, for, from July 1st this year that I'm having Wednesdays off to, to play a very poor game of golf. But um, again, as you get a little bit older, your expectations lower a little bit. And I just enjoy getting out with a couple of mates and uh, you know, having a bit of a knock around, a bit of a hit and giggle. Um, and I like to do a lot of walking and things on the weekend. We've got some, some great tracks around Adelaide that are uh, great to get out relax. Um, as I said, having a good, strong management team underneath me um, is what gives me peace of mind, though. I know that um, if I'm not able to be here, that the quality of the decision is not going to change. Fantastic. I think it's important for that work-life balance. And someone said, asked a question of a speaker that I was listening to, what's work-life balance? And he said, there's no such thing. What it is, is relevant to you so what you need what you do is is different to the next person the next person and whatever it is you need and that can change as you get a bit older as well uh, and i thought you know that's really important everybody needs to consider and think about what it is to them that they need to do to feel at peace to feel comfort and that can vary from job to job uh, person personality to personality and so on. So I think it's great that you're playing golf. I'm a little jealous because I'm absolutely terrible and I would find that far too stressful and I'd rather uh, be at work. But, uh, Low expectation is the key. <laughs> well, we, my wife and I look after our granddaughters on a Wednesday as well. So we have Wednesdays off. But I am uh, quite keen to get back to work on the Thursday because <laughs> running, around, running around after three little ones is very exhausting. Very good to hand back. 
Yeah, that's exactly true. Mark, uh, on a different note, what's something that we might not know about you? Yeah, look, um, a few things. I, I was a very competitive table tennis player. I played in the Australian Open probably 25 years ago. And again, I think I let work get in the way of, of those sort of things. So that's another thing that um, I am taking back up. I needed to lose a little bit of weight. I, I, you know, my work-life balance certainly went out probably a couple of years ago where we were growing that quickly. I wasn't eating properly and um, you know, had a bit of a health scare at the end of, of, of last year and thought, I've got to change what I do. Um, so again, you know, making sure I eat a lot better, I have an exercise physiologist that I visit twice a week that um, I don't enjoy very much at all, but I can feel it making an enormous difference. So um, you know, again, um, I want to get back to playing competitive table tennis. There's some, um, some absolute older superstars in South Australia. So uh, again, I better keep my expectations nice and low. What inspired you at the community? Well, I think that's very important. You never know you, whatever it is that you said, you go exceeded in 30. I'm not sure that's a good principle for everybody in life, but uh, it certainly works for me as well. I mean, the social things. Yeah. So, Mark, what's next uh, for you and my care solution? Yeah, look, we, we, we think we've got a great model of care. Uh, so, uh, in this year, we're going over to Port Lincoln to uh, have a look in the next couple of weeks around setting up services there. Um, we're pretty keen on what I think works best for us is not the big capital cities all over in Adelaide, but um, you know more the Launcestons, those larger sort of regional centres where um, you know, there is a ready and available workforce and people that are keen to be trained. So uh, over the next sort of five years, we're certainly going to be looking um, also at Canberra. That will be another place that we have a look at. So um, we think we've got a good model. So um, yeah, I'll leave my CEO and my COO to look after the operations and um, I'll drive the, the growth and acquisition. So it'll either be that we'll start a new business or that we'll like buy a smaller one that perhaps might be struggling in their own hometown and, and, and perhaps um, you know, lend a bit of our own systems and processes to that. You've got because I'm not a big fan of outsourcing care carer support. Um, the, the, the role of respite is a really important part of their offering um, and they don't have their own workforce. And, you know, what you um, often I'm, find I'm, is people I'm are feeling extraordinarily guilty that they're needed to, to call in some assistance from, from and they might be coping and you know, particularly with dementia it can be very, you know, 24-7 enormous challenge. So if we can get someone there that is skilled and that the person can go out and relax for a couple of hours whilst we tend to their partner and for them to come home and find their partner in a better place than when they left, um, the guilt moves along pretty quickly. And when can you come next? This is such an important part. So we do a lot of work with the SA. We have a lot of relationships with you know, GPs who, who know of us, who will recommend that someone have a chat with us. So um, that sort of network of, 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 of trusted referral providers that might be a discharge partner at a hospital um, that knows our services. Um, and we don't have any commercial relationships in place, I don't believe, in diluting you know, the value of of people's so there's no such thing. thing. So, what uh, it is is direct is between ourselves relevant and the to you. So, what you need, fantastic. 
Carers what SA you do are a brilliant organisation to the next person, the next person. Take our hats and whatever it is you need, they do. And that can change. Mark, what do you think the world well. needs right now? Uh, what are the things that are important? Of. Everybody needs to Look, consider. Look, a lot more patience. I think. I think um, what it you know, is people are, are very short-wit at the moment, and probably a touch judgmental. You know, there's some people going through some challenges, and I think we might be seeing the best versions of some people at some point. So I think we need to be cognizant of that and just. It's great that you're playing golf. Ease up on on making value judgments about people and just work with them. And yeah, we've had some difficult clients that we've picked up low expectations and the they're not difficult at all they just know what they want so they won't well, settle we, for anything my wife and I look after our to me that's someone that I like to work with so I think well, you know, I say to those people who are not happy with but service by all means keep agitated but um, just be kind to each other as I say you know, yelling and, and, and raising voices and things it really goes no way towards resolving any issues very good to hand back yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. True. Do you have any other words of wisdom? Mark, or yeah, I don't know. That's something that we might have pretty good words of wisdom, but do you have any others? Yeah, look, um, uh, I, think I, think so I think particularly if you've got um, older parents in Australia, they're not trying to be the parents ago. And again, I think I learned work to get your timing right. I'm surprised some people have got another thing parents in terms of taking when you just scrape the side of the weight. That's not a time I was talking to someone about having their license probably a couple of years ago. We were growing that quickly. I wasn't eating. So from our and, point of view, you had a bit of a health about respecting and valuing of last Australia. I've got to change um, and, and providing um, so again, um, you know, people sure do want to stay at home um, and they think physiologists are getting home twice a week that, is the start. I don't of, enjoy it very much at all. I don't feel it making a residential facility. As we try and point out again, I want to get back to playing much less chairs than you ever end up. Absolutely, all the superstars in South Australia. 92% of people are going to 4% live in retirement villages. I think that's very important. You never know. Residential whatever it is so the vast that you said, you're going to see that continue to I'm not sure that's a good principle for everybody. <laughs> Just but, uh, support it certainly to, works to, for me to, as to well. get through the day. I mean, the yeah. social things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Mark, is there one next, piece of advice uh, for yeah, you would like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, look, we, we, we think we've got a great model pearls, but this issue we're going over to Port Lincoln to have I think the best lesson I learned again, I'll go back to the Shire. We're pretty keen on the task is what I think works best for us is not my job as a cities, although we're in Adelaide, that's what gets me more the Launceston's. And I think we all have to find our why is where we do. There is a ready about the difference that we can make in the train. So um, I think we over the next sort of five years, we're certainly going to be looking at um, so Canberra. Uh, will be another place you know, that we have a look at. It. So um, we think we've got a good plan, but so, be worried that perhaps yeah. I'll leave something to my CEO or my CEO to show after the operation. So, yeah, from um, our point of view, really the growth acquisition will sure either be that we'll start a new business or that we might buy a smaller one that might be struggling in the town and lend a bit of our own systems and processes through that. For ageing well, fantastic, and making well, it possible. Once that's up and running, you'll be Mark, able to work now. This is a rule to connect with you online and find out more about my care solution. Got to get another plug in for one of our partners, which we are internally grateful. In fact, speaking of partners, do you have any relationship with organisations like Carers SA? Pension loans, yeah, absolutely. So we it might be contracted as a provider to them. We don't do contract work for any other aged care organisation. Because I'm not a big fan of outsourcing 
but yeah, care and support, keep an eye out for um, the, the, some the role of respite. Older people are very good at part of our covering offering, up and, um, and they don't have their own but, um, It could be something as subtle as often find is people are feeling extraordinarily guilty. People are needing to call in some assistance. They might very subtle things, particularly with dementia, and can be perhaps seven or more challenges. So if we can get someone there for mum and dad skilled, they'll be loath to bring up can go out and relax for a couple of hours whilst we tend to their partner. And for them to come home and find their partner free appraisal or um, check the people who want to talk quickly. about and their when parents. Come next? And that's Absolutely. And, and, and we, we do a lot of work with that parents in the home, have so we can get a chance with you know, GPs who, who, who know of us, who recommend we can then have a chat with us. So that sort of net team of people around of trusted social providers of a discharge planner at a hospital that knows it has service that works for us. We don't have any commercial relationships in place. I don't believe in diluting the value of people's dollars and things. Um, everything is directing between ourselves and the clients who are out there and doing a bit of counselling for the Carers SA are a brilliant organisation like and what sort of supports they'll take our hats off. So all of those sort of services are something that we Mark, what do you think the world needs right now? What does it need more sure website does have? Look, a lot more patience. I think people are very short weeks at the moment and that will be a touch judgmental. There's some people going through some challenges and I think we might be seeing the best version for some people at some point. So I think we need to be cognizant of that and just cost nothing yeah, to make ease up on, on, and on nothing for us to come um, value judgments about people in, and in just work sales. with them. And, uh, fact, yeah, we we've had some difficult clients that we've picked up from other providers, few providers and they're not difficult at all. They just know what they want and they won't settle for anything less than what they want. To me, that's someone that I like to work with. So I think, you know, I say to those people who are not happy with certain things, by all means, keep agitated. You can just be kind to each other as a side. You know, weeks notice, yelling and, and, and raising voices and things, um, it really goes no way towards um, resolving any issues. Much more expensive than us. Um, but yeah, 100%. Because, um, Do you have any other words of wisdom or encouragement? That's uh, pretty good words so of wisdom, but do you have any others? I think, particularly if you've got older parents, is to not try and be the parent if we discussed before, but to get your timing right, I'm surprised some people have got any pocket money from their parents in terms of when you just scrape the side of the vehicle, that's not a time to be talking to someone about handing their license. You've got to get your timing right on those sorts of things. Um, so if, from our point of view, it's, it's about respecting and valuing quite often Australians um, and, and providing options. Um, you know, people do want to stay at home um, and they think sometimes that getting home care is the start of, of a gradual decline of moving into um, a residential facility. But as we try and point out, if you get help early, there's much less chance that you'll ever end up being in residential care. 92% of people live in their own home, 4% live in retirement villages, and 4% uh, live in uh, residential care. So the vast majority of Australians um, you know, continue to to, um, to kick on at home, um, just need Mark, a bit of a support, many of them, to, 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 to get through the day. Privilege. Yeah, you're a true Absolutely. community champion who makes a real difference. Is there one piece of advice that you would like Australia. to leave with Thanks our so listeners and you've taken lots of little pearls, but is there something you particularly like to are very relaxed leave? I think the best lesson yeah, I learned, again, I'll go back to Sue Steiner at the Hilton, who, who said, you know, has, the task is the task, do it well, but my job is to make people feel important. That's what gets me out And I think we all have to find our why in whatever we do. There's always the task there, but... 
significant the difference that we can make in people's lives. Uh, I think we tend to underestimate sometimes and how um, keen people are for us to arrive and, you know, if they're five minutes late, they ring not to complain but to be worried that perhaps something's gone wrong and their caregivers didn't show up on time. So, you know, from our point of view, it really is about um, making sure that we've got lots and lots of options for people. Yeah, that's been fantastic to hear a bit more of your story and we take our hats off and thank Cassie and the team at the office for ageing well and making it possible. Mark, where can our listeners connect with you online and find out more about MyCare Solutions, of course? Thanks. Yeah, look, we have a, a good website called mycaresolution.com.au and um, I, I normally post a blog every couple of days around some topical issues, whether that might be the new pension loan scheme that came out. It might be some things to look out for. Quite often we're going to see some people over this Christmas that we might not have seen for the last two years or so. So yeah, it's to keep an eye out for some decline because older people are very good at covering up and I'm all right, Jack. But um, it could be something as subtle as a... Torn shower curtain that people are are needing to balance on. So there's some very subtle things to look out for in terms of uh, perhaps it's time that we did have that discussion around a bit of extra support for 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 mum and dad because they'll be loath to bring it up because I'm all right, Jack. I'll I'll be okay. I I don't want you worrying about me. We would love you to offer a free appraisal or chat with people who want to talk about their parents. Absolutely, and, and, and we encourage that that happens in the home so we can get a good sense of who the person is, what the family structure is like. We can then sort of come back and triage and make sure we put a team of people around them that we think socially will be a good fit. Um, that's a free service. Um, I also um, have someone that works for us who's our internal dementia consultant. So if families are having some difficulties, in, um, she'll come over um, at no expense and spend some time linking them up with what's in the community that's out there and doing a bit of counselling for the family around um, you know, what the journey is going to look like in the next few years and what sort of supports they'll require. So all of those sort of services are, are something that we offer to, to anyone in the community. Oh, what a brilliant service. And, of course, your website does have uh, a very comprehensive list and understanding of all the services that you cover so people can get on to My Care Solution and check it out and give someone at your team a call to see if it might appropriate and applicable cost nothing to make a phone call and nothing for us to come and visit we you know, we don't believe in in, in pressure sales um, in fact we encourage people if you do have a new home care package speak to a few providers get a good sense and feel about who you're comfortable with don't jump with the first one and even if that's us we really think that you need to have a look at the market and make sure you're comfortable with your decisions the good thing is if you're not comfortable you can move along. So, you know, you need to give your provider two weeks' notice. And, and one of the challenges we find is that um, quite often um, some of the larger not-for-profits are much more expensive than us. Um, but because um, the client has been with their caregivers for a number of years, they won't move. They're so attached to their caregivers, they're quite prepared to have a, a few less hours of care. So um, that's a challenge for, for, for us in the industry to uh, to get people to move on um, that aren't getting the best quality and, and volume of services that they should. Yeah, you shouldn't accept second best or not good enough just because of familiarity, but that's easier said than done. So 
yeah, if, it, if it's not for profit, that's going to result in me getting a better deal. And, um, you know, quite often these are large organisations with many layers of management and quite expensive accommodation. Um, you know, the highest level of care that you can get um, for a home care package uh, is a level four package, it's called. And, uh, you know, most of the not-for-profit providers are, are providing around eight or nine hours of care a week for that. Um, we, we offer 14. Um, wow. We believe in a really high quality, low overhead model. So we don't have grandiose offices or expensive furniture or anything of that nature. We try and keep our costs down so that we can deliver the best value we can to clients. Fantastic. Mark, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today and an honour and a privilege. Uh, you're a true community champion who makes a real difference in the lives of so many older South Australians. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today and thank you. My pleasure. A very relaxed interview. I enjoyed it enormously. Yeah, me too. It's been very enlightening and someone who who has um, a mother in aged care with dementia and uh, a, a father who passed away earlier this year that should have sought help from an organisation like yours. Uh, anybody listening, if you know anybody at all, if it's a family member, please have a chat. Check out Mark and his team or anybody for that matter, certainly get a couple of opinions, but have a chat to, to Mark's team at MyCare Solution because you'll be uh, ever so thankful that you at least inquired to find out whether the services that Mark's team offer is for you. I hope everybody has enjoyed the chat with Mark as much as I have. Uh, as we start to think about 2022, I wanted to thank all of our extraordinary uh, Australians who do so many things for, for so many. Thanks to our sponsors for making the awards possible. Shout out to Annette, who produces the Inspirational Dot Australians podcast, to Josh, who co-hosts our weekly podcast. We're up to, this will be chat 40, uh, 74, Mark, and uh, all of our team at Awards Australia who are amazing and help us to empower others to continue their dreams of supporting others. Thank you all so much. And on behalf of all the team of Awards Australia and Mark, who's with me now, we wish you all a happy, safe and rewarding 2022. And until next week, stay safe, be kind and keep inspiring because together we make a difference. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jeff. Much appreciated. Cheers, mate. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I have. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. Did you know that Awards Australia is a family-owned business that proudly makes a difference in the lives of those that make a difference for others? And we thank our corporate and not-for-profit partners for making our award programs possible. Do you know someone that's making a difference? Or maybe your business might like to sponsor an award. Contact us through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians, or head to our website, awardsaustralia.com. It would be great if you could share this episode with your network because who doesn't like a good news story? And please rate and review us. We would really love to hear your thoughts. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. For joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together 
we make a difference.